Good afternoon. It's morning to me, but it's afternoon to everybody else. It is the Pittsburgh Pirates rant podcast for a Thursday. Hey, man, it's a Thursday in December. It's a pretty mundane day, I guess, in general, you know, in the whole grand scheme of things. I have a dentist appointment this afternoon, (laughs) you know. Uh, I've been having some pain on the left-hand side of my mouth, mostly self-inflicted because I was eating jawbreakers at my job. Jawbreakers have killed me throughout my life, and I continue to eat them, you know. Um, I don't know. I got this tooth that's been bothering me. But um, yeah, I did watch Stutz again last night and today. Now, I, I, I didn't finish it last night, so I watched the rest of it today. So I haven't seen it three times. But I think the thing this morning that really got me was this grateful flow um, that is on the movie Stutz, uh, which is a Netflix movie about a therapist and a famous actor that we all know and like, you know. Uh, Jonah Hill, I think his name is. He is um, a comedian, a director, and he's been in a lot of really funny movies like Superbad. I think he was McLovin. No, the other guy was McLovin, the skinny guy. <laughs> but... It, uh, super bad was pretty funny, you know? So I think that, um, today, um, I tried out the grateful flow and, uh, man, that, it's amazing how that thing works, right? Um, I was just thinking about things that I'm grateful for right now, you know? And I'm sitting here, you know, drinking a cup of tea cause I don't really drink coffee anymore. First of all, I switched from coffee I think because of my stomach, you know, um, this tea with lemon, green tea with lemon is much better for my stomach. But it's just like when I switched from cigarettes to vaping, coffee is now gross to me now, you know, like I find it disgusting now. And I like the taste of tea. So I don't think I'm ever going back. And it's better for me, you know. But in any case, I'm drinking my tea. um, And I'm thinking like, okay, you know, what am I grateful for today? And the sun was out, you know. So I'm grateful for, um, you know, this nice sunny December day and that I have a house that's warm that I can sit in and wake up slow. Uh, I'm grateful that um, I have the money to go to the dentist, you know. I'm grateful that I have a job, you know, to be able to earn money. You know, I'm grateful. And I was the breadwinner in my previous relationship and now I'm retired. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm grateful that my wife um, earns most of the money to pay the bills right now, you know as a full-time teacher because she's much younger. She's 14 years younger than me, you know? And she wants to retire in like 12 years. So in general, we're on the same plane. You know, we both wanted to retire early. I guess I retired at like age 52, you know? But I still have a retirement job. But I don't have the stress and the responsibilities that I've had in previous jobs. And that stress is, you know, it's a lot, you know? I mean, jobs that pay well, and, you have, and you're responsible for more than just yourself, whether it's you're responsible for numbers, whether it's you're responsible for other people coming in, or as a sales manager, other people producing numbers, your team, your office, all this stuff, you know, that I've done. Um, that stress will wear on you, you know, especially if you have a um, manager who is a slave driver, which I've had, you know, somebody who plays games, who fucks with you, you know. And I, you know, I I can look at it differently now because I was a manager for so long and now I'm just one of the guys again, you know, and I can, I can look at things that I did wrong, you know, and I look at things 
from other people's perspectives, you know, which is always good in life. But when I did this grateful flow thing, I actually did feel better afterwards, you know. It was just a, a, a small string of things that I'm grateful for right now. And it's amazing how this one works, you know. Um, this is in like almost the very end of the movie Stutz. Um, and yeah, I think about my wife, I mean, and I think a lot of women in general, and probably a lot of people in general, like she's always beating herself up for one thing or another, you know. She's beating herself up that she's not getting enough done around the house. She's beating herself up that we didn't decorate the house for Christmas this year. You know, I mean, we didn't really have time. We didn't feel like it, you know. But I mean, there's just this long myriad list of things that she tends to beat herself up, especially when she's not taking her um, her antidepressant, um, which I try to get her to take it um, because she has a more um, extreme form of... Um, you know, mental health deficiency than I do, you know. I mean, I take my um, half a pill. It's right here. Citalopram uh, is the um, generic name. Uh, but it's one of those, it, it's one of those names, you know. But since I've gone through heavy, heavy depressions, you know, taking a half of one of these pills every day is a small price to pay, you know. But you still have to put the work in, you know. You still have to always work on, um keeping your mind in a good spot, you know? And I'm surprised that there aren't that many good podcasts about mental health because I've looked, you know? There's podcasts about Buddhism and meditation and stuff like that, but real life, you know, people talking about their mental health, there's very few podcasts out there about it, even though we all struggle with mental health issues, you know? And if you're in a depression, one of the interesting thing that I mentioned yesterday that Stutz said about... Um, getting out of depression is 85% of it. It's actually three things. I think I only mentioned two yesterday, but it's diet, it's exercise. That's a big one, getting up and doing things. And it's, um, um, I forget what the third one is now, but um, you know, getting up and doing things is really important. When I was just getting out of this last depression, which was around the time of the pandemic, um, I would just do tasks around the house and life didn't seem real to me. You know, it didn't seem the same as it was. But I was forcing myself to do things that I would normally do, you know. Even if it was take the garbage out, um, wash some dishes, change a light bulb. Just do doing these tasks and getting out of bed, you know. When you're in bed and depressed and your eyes are closed, you can create this entire world, you know. And it's like a world of just bad thoughts, you know. And it's not reality, you know. But um, that's why sleep, I think that's the one I didn't mention. Sleep is really important. You don't want to sleep too much or too little, you know. You want to get in a sleep pattern if you can. And like, for instance, last night, I think I slept, um, you know, what I wanted to. I got to bed around 3 o'clock. I got to sleep around 3 o'clock, you know, because I come home from work. The guy let me off a little bit early last night. I come home from work um, and I wind down, you know, watch a movie or whatnot, I take a Tylenol PM. Actually, it's this cost me a dollar at the dollar store. It's called Pain Relief PM. It's like a great deal, you know, because it's not really addictive. I take one a day, but it helps me get to sleep. So I take my Pain Relief PM um, to watch the movie, and then I sort of try to get, you know, the dogs are hyper. I take them out. I let them out, you know. I clean up whatever messes the pets have made. Um, Maybe I'll have a snack. I got this really good snack last night. Um, it was um, a coffee cake 
with drizzled caramel on top. Holy shit, man. And the coffee cake part was pretty thick, you know? And I got this from Wise Markets. You know, they probably have some similar things at Giant Eagle, but man, it's good to treat yourself too. You know, this is another thing I've learned. You know, I'm 53 years old now, so maybe I know a little bit more than you guys do about, you know, going through things in your life. But yeah, another thing I learned that it's okay to treat yourself, you know, as long as you do it in, um, you know, in, uh, I can never remember that word when I'm doing my podcast, you know, but, you know, as long as you don't do it all the time. So, and you're getting exercise to work off those calories, you know, and which I do at my job. So, you know, I treat myself to um, something sweet like a donut or this coffee cake in the summer, you know, I get an ice cream cone, you know, and try to just relax and maybe even sit outside in the sun and eat an ice cream cone. It's still important to treat yourself, you know, even if you hardly have any money, you know, things are going bad. You can't barely make ends meet and you don't even have the gas to leave the house, you know, try to take the time to buy yourself an ice cream cone, you know, and maybe go to a place where the, um, the water's running, you know, in front of you. There's nice parks everywhere, uh, especially in Pennsylvania, you know, where you can sit and just watch a stream run, you know. I mean, the amazing thing about the ending of um, Stutz, which I was thinking, is they were talking about the ocean. And I was thinking about how my, my wife and my family, they always like to go to the ocean, you know. I think the amazing thing about the ocean is, no matter what time of year it is, no what time of day it is, it's always there and it's always doing the same thing. I mean, there's always waves coming from the ocean, you know? And it's, it's kind of like nice knowing that something is constant, you know? Like when we're in our lives and we're changing all the time, it's nice to know that this is constant, you know? And I think that's part of people taking their vacations down the shore, you know? Whether you go to Ocean City, Maryland or Ocean City, New Jersey or somewhere else, um, it's knowing that, okay, Another year went by, you know, things may have gone well, things may have gone bad. In general, people think that things go bad most years um, because if you think about it, when they make their New Year's resolution, they always hope for a better year, you know. They're always like, let's, ho- I, let's hope that 2023 is better than 2022. And they, sometimes they add on because I really deserve it, you know. And, you know, that's actually not true, the I really deserve it part. I mean, life is what you make of it. Now, granted, if you're stuck in a, in a depression, right, you're not going to make much of your life, you know, and that's not your fault. You know, it's the disease taking over. But in other times of your life, you know, it's generally what you make of it. I mean, I graduated college with plenty of other guys, you know, my friends, And I just decided to go for it after college, you know, and I busted my butt at the time and I got a sales job. You know, these were shitty jobs, right? I got a sales job and I, you know, was top salesman and then I wanted to become a sales manager, you know, was a top sales manager. I got to manage an office, you know, basically I made a lot of money at the time, you know, and I spent it all on my kids and my divorce, which is not a big deal to me. You know, I just started over. But, um. There's always opportunities, particularly in a country like the United States, you know. So if you're going through the grateful flow, sometimes I think it's important is to think about what it would be like to to be, let's say, Diego Castillo, you know. 
I mean, let's just say, I think Diego Castillo had a pretty good upbringing, right? But let's just say he grew up in one of the poorer areas of Venezuela, you know? And there were no freedoms, you know? And they had to share a bathroom. And the government was always, like, on their ass, you know, for one thing or another. And there weren't the opportunities that we have here, you know? I mean, there's still opportunities here, you know? There's jobs out there. If you take a job at Sheets and you work hard... You could be a manager in a couple years, you know, you could make more money and then you could take that experience and you could go somewhere else. It's just, do you want to take that action? You know, do you want to do it? Um, And I did, you know, and it was a good life lesson. But like I said, there was also some downsides to it as far as it was so much stress and I was so driven and there was so much opportunity that I burned out, you know, and part of that was my fault because I wasn't dealing with things that were going on in my personal life. You know, I wasn't having a um, um, a healthy relationship at the time. I wasn't really happy with myself, you know? So I threw myself into my work and became a workaholic. And sure, I made a lot of money, and I guess that's what people think will make them happy. But um, it doesn't, you know? It kills the time, and it can keep you from dealing with things in your life. But at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're really not much happier, you know, just because, you know, you've been successful in whatever you were shooting for. And they do talk about that in the movie as well. Um, you know, I don't think there's any magical thing as what will make you happy. But I do spend a lot of time like um, not meditating, but just thinking about my life, you know, thinking about... Um, and this grateful flow I've added to it, you know, but usually thinking about, well, what did I do today? What did I accomplish today? You know, and then I can say, well, it was a good day, you know, and then I can go to sleep. I usually do that. You know, some there's a lot of days when I forget to do that, but I usually do that now because, um, you know, my wife and I weren't the best at going to bed at the same time together because she likes to have a TV show on and I like to have quiet. So now that we're going to sleep at different times, you know, it's actually better for both of us, I think. Um, you know, I mean, we still have obviously romantic time in bed together, you know, maybe not as much as I would like, <laughs> which every guy would say. But, um, you know, we still do that. But as far as like going to sleep at the same time, um, we do it differently now. And it's probably better for both of us, you know, because we're not afraid that we're annoying each other for me to put my um, earbuds in. Not earbuds. I usually put like um, uh, those puffy things that block the sound, <laughs> you know. Um, and she sometimes put her puts her earbuds in to listen to her show. But she would prefer to just have friends on the TV and fall asleep that way, you know. So this way she can do it. She goes to sleep while I'm at work five out of seven days, you know. And then the other two days maybe we stay up late together. But she still goes to bed before I do because I'm used to going to bed at three in the morning. Um, But I guess my point is that, um, yeah, I was not really in a good place in my personal life, you know. I was probably pulling back from people that I could be hanging out with because I was just working all the time. And it took me a while to be in relationships again. I was in one in college, you know, and, you know, there was a sense of loss that I lost that. And then it took me a while to get in relationships again, you know. I had a lot of things that went wrong with my first marriage, you know, and I can kind of reflect on that things that I could have done differently, you know, I don't think it would have worked out anyway, but there are things, I could have been a nicer person, a better person, you know, so I learned some things going into my second marriage, and 
it's just in general, you know. So if you think about, you know, other people don't have as many opportunities as you do, you know, whether it be Diego Castillo or someone else, you know, growing up in one of these other countries, that could be part of being grateful, you know. And that's sort of what my grateful was this morning, you know, sitting in a warm living room, looking out my, you know, beautiful picture window and, you know, seeing the sunny day, you know, and being warm, even though it's cold outside, you know, like the things that we take for granted can be part of the this grateful flow, you know. So as far as baseball goes, I got into a, I didn't really get into it, but every year, you know, I kind of joke about these things that happen uh, um, throughout Pittsburgh Pirates, fanboys, you know, things that they look forward to. And one of them is these um, steamer rankings or these zips projections or whatever they are, whatever you want to call them. Um, it's literally just this guy, Dan, you know, and he is deciding what he's trying to project what players are going to do the following year. Now, if you have a player that's been in the year seven or eight years, it's much easier to project what they're going to do. You know, you just look at the back of their baseball card. But if you're trying to project someone with less than a thousand at bats or less than 500 at bats or a rookie, you're not going to have an accurate projection to them, you know? And I always say, well, just look at, um, you know, just look at tons of guys last year. Nobody predicted that um, the guy for Atlanta, you know, um, the guy with a two in his name, uh, Michael Davis, two or whatever. Nobody predicted him to be the best hitter by far as a rookie last year. You know, people predicted Spencer Torkelson, who was so awful. He didn't even hit for power. You know, he was so awful that they just could not have him in their lineup anymore. You know, he was killing Detroit's lineup. So the only the only thing that you can accurately predict how a player is going to do is just see how they do in the major leagues, you know? You wait for the ones that are really tearing it up in the minor leagues, and then you give them an opportunity, you know? And some of them seize that opportunity, and some of them don't. Now, it's not necessarily that they didn't put the work in, I don't think, the ones that don't seize that opportunity and have a good year. I think just some people just don't have the ability to hit major league pitching, you know, or to get major league pitch batters out in... um you know, in clutch situations. And honestly, this is why you have the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know? The Pittsburgh Pirates are a farm team for the rest of the major league teams trying to win. And I think everybody knows that, you know? But not everybody admits that, you know? But think about it. The Pittsburgh Pirates will try just about any young player who was a top pick, and they'll give him an extended look, you know? And the reason they do it is, you know, to keep their payroll down. But what happens is um, after a couple years and this guy's pretty consistent and you can predict what he's going to do, then teams want him. You know, same thing happened with Brian Reynolds. Same thing happened with Joe Musgrove. It happens over and over and over and over throughout the last 30 years for the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, ever since they dumped um, some of those guys in 1993, you know, 1994, when they started being super cheap. So it's been about 30 years now. That's what they do. There's no there's no guy, Dan, who knows who's going to succeed as a rookie in the major leagues, you know? And that's the thing I get a good laugh about is this guy, Dan. Um, there's so many uh, fanboys out there that believe that whatever he says is going to 
somehow come true in the following year, you know, to the point that they actually want to try to convince him to say better numbers about, you know, player A or player B because they believe that by him saying that, that player is going to have a better year in 2023. I mean, there is no formula. I have nothing against this guy, Dan, you know. Um, I'm sure he, he has some sort of formula that he uses, you know. But I have nothing against the guy. It's more the people that actually believe that, you know, this means something, you know. When fan graphs came out, people actually believed that if you're a 50-plus ranking, that means you can come up into the major leagues and be a two-war guy. It doesn't mean that, you know. It doesn't mean anything. We have no idea how young players are going to do in the major leagues, you know. Some of them do well. Some of them, most of them don't, you know, which is why teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates never win, you know. I mean, they really, they really did, you know, they were able to win uh, for three years, you know. But I don't know if they're going to be able to catch that again because this guy, um, Ben Sherrington, has a totally different way of doing things, you know. He's just bringing in waves of rookies and stiffs or guys that might be um, reclamation projects, you know, for one-year flips, you know. So I, I don't know that this is ever going to work, you know. I, the more time that goes on, the more I think it's probably not going to work, you know, that the Pittsburgh Pirates are never going to put a winning team out there under Ben Sherrington. I think that's what I believe, you know. But I can't predict the future either, you know. And neither can this guy Dan, you know. <laughs> so I wasn't making fun of Dan as much as I was making fun of the actual fanboys, you know, that will believe whatever this guy says is going to come to fruition. You know, he has no idea. If he had an idea, the Dodgers would hire him, you know. He's just some guy living in his parents' basement. That's what I said, you know. He's just some guy, and you are putting him up on a pedestal, and you are worshiping him, you know, as if he's some baseball god. And only the baseball gods are baseball gods. So enjoy your Thursday. It is a chilly, sunny day, you know. I mean, you might still try to strap on a coat and take a nice walk outside today. But whatever you do today, just be grateful for the day, you know. Try to. You know, I don't know where your mind is at this point and what you're dealing with, you know. But try to be grateful for the day. And, you know, just, you know, take care of yourself. You know, remember, diet, exercise, and sleep. Peace out.